Welcome to Ukulele is the New Black. I'm Meredith Harper and I love to play the ukulele. In this podcast, I talk to ukulele players to find out why they play ukulele, what they love about it and how it's changed their lives. I wanted to play an instrument Cause musicians are so cool And I wanted to be cool But I found playing an instrument was kind of hard Today's episode is with Adelaide-based musician Sunitra Martinelli, who, despite having some less-than-optimal violin lessons when she was young, is now an accomplished songwriter, ukulele player and singer. Sunitra has a particular fondness for cabaret-style numbers and she loves to sing in French. I think you'll enjoy this chat. ukulele player introduce yourself i am sunitra martinelli so lovely to have you here so you are from adelaide yes i am so you're my second adelaide person i've spoken to which is great oh who was the Um, first oh the other one was um chris um chris carr i know the name yes 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 um ukulele trading company yes Yes, and he was good. He told me all about knowing when to change my strings, which is something I just kind of change them when I figure it's been a while. Yes, (laughs) and what what was the advice, I should ask, because I'm always scared to change mine. When I edit the episode, I'll remember it. Okay, I'll have to listen to that one because I'm always petrified of uh, it going out of tune, you know, and not being able to tune up fast enough in a show. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So, yes, it's great to have some people from Adelaide on. I've never um, done that before because until now I've always interviewed people when I'm travelling around and right. I haven't travelled to Adelaide. But, of course, now I can talk to people wherever they are. It yes. doesn't matter. Yes. And, um, yes, and James Green suggested you as someone I should talk to. Oh, yeah, lovely James. Hello, James. So tell me a little bit. Have you always been in Adelaide? No. Uh, we moved here uh, from Sydney about... Eight, eight years ago, we moved to Adelaide. Okay. Hmm. And so you're from Sydney. I'm also originally from Sydney, ah. but now in Canberra. Uh-huh. And actually, I moved here about the same length of time, about okay. nine years of being here. So what, what um, prompted the move to Adelaide? The prompt to move was having four children and really wanting to buy a home so we could stop living like gypsies because it's a lot of stuff to pack when you've got four children and they put the rent up terribly. You know, so it was, I came, I came to Adelaide for a couple of projects. I was working as a stylist at the time and it brought me to Adelaide a couple of times and I I loved it, but I didn't even think about what the property prices might be like here until years into trying unsuccessfully several times to figure out where in Sydney we could afford. And I finally (laughs) asked my mum, look, I give up. We just can't afford anything in Sydney and we'd love to live in the Highlands or the Blue Mountains, but it's going to take too long for my husband to get to work. Where else in Australia would you live? Because my, you know, thinking was that one day, you know, if my mum ended up alone, that she might come and join us. And she said, Adelaide. And I said, oh, okay. And being from Sydney, I thought, well, okay, let's look at Adelaide. Maybe we could afford to buy an investment apartment in Adelaide and rent there and it might be affordable. And um, after 10 minutes on domain.com, my jaw dropped and I realised we could actually afford to buy a home that we could live in. Yeah, so that's what we decided we would like to do. And with great fortune, um, my husband's company actually had an opening in Adelaide 
that wasn't even advertised yet. He just happened to ring his manager, uh, the state manager in Adelaide, and ask about, um, you know, if, if they would keep him in mind if any positions came up. And actually by that weekend, we were on a flight to Adelaide to check out schools and for him to meet some of the people he could potentially be working with. And I think it was within a month we'd moved after years and wow. years of trying to figure out what we were going to do. So that was meant to be, wasn't it? Was it was meant to be. Everything fell into place, yes. And and obviously you like it there because we you stay. We love it here. So tell me then about um, music and ukulele. Where did your music path start? Yes, well, actually, um, the only musical training I had was as a quite a young child from a terrifying nun who <laughs> was so arthritic she couldn't actually play the violin. She just used to sort of beat me and... <laughs> with a cane and <laughs> scream at me hysterically because I didn't know how to play because she actually couldn't actually show me and I didn't know at the time I was incredibly short-sighted so she'd give oh. me a new piece of music each week to sight read but I couldn't actually read the music so I had no chance so I'd go home and practice like crazy this piece she said I needed to practice 15 minutes a day I would do two hours a night I'd turn up the next week and she wouldn't actually get me to play the piece that she'd made me <laughs> oh no she'd give me another piece to sight read and so it was quite a traumatic experience, but I did love, <laughs> I loved music. I, I knew I wanted to learn something, but I had no idea that you could be taught in a different way. And I, yes, had the great fortune of having, so this nun was actually removed from the school eventually after I think about I, five I years. I why. After about five years of torture, I believe. Um, <laughs> and we had another music teacher come who taught, you know, the class to read music and sing you know, with Do Re Mi Fa Sol La Tito, she taught the whole class to read sheet music with no instruments, which was wonderful. And then she recommended a lovely violin teacher who I had for about three months, who was incredibly inspirational and wonderful. But then we moved house and I was back in that area with quite an uninspiring teacher. And by then I'd hit my teens and just decided I just was going to give up. So I stopped. So really, actually, that was a very (laughs) long-winded answer to that. (laughs) Basically... The violin training that I did have really was very, very elementary. I think it was like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, essentially, for six years. And then nothing until my wonderful neighbour, Harry, who's a retired builder, came over for dinner. Uh, It would have been in 2015 or 14, I think. And he just brought over a ukulele with me, with him, Ah. to dinner at our place with he and his wife. And he just said look, we've got an idea, why don't you come down to our club tomorrow? And I said, uh, what kind of club? And he said, ukulele club. And I said, well, I, I, I don't know any of the songs you're singing and I can't play chords. I don't know how to read music. And he said, don't worry. And he taught me the C, G and F chords. And he said, okay, we'll pick you up tomorrow. <laughs> so yep, that's all, you need, that's to all know. you need to know. So <laughs> I went along and had just the best fun because I had been raising four children and it had been quite a stressful few years trying to buy a house in Sydney where my family are and then relocating states and you know there was a lot going on and to get this fun night out once a week where you'd have a drink be with a bunch of people who really didn't care if you made mistakes the whole way through because you're amongst a big group nobody can tell who's played the bum chord it's true (laughs) yes and with a lovely bunch of just warm happy people and so that was my introduction to playing the ukulele and playing in a group and you continued after that obviously yes um 
So I had the good fortune of having at our club, which was the Ken- the um, the Kooks, which is at the Kensington Pub in Adelaide. Brian Bugden, who I call my ukulele godfather, um, <laughs> he was a huge he, he was a huge part in igniting the ukulele scene in Adelaide. He started several of the clubs around Adelaide, and he, after getting to know me and hearing me play and sing a little bit started to offer me parts in his ukulele cabaret shows that he used to put oh, on nice. and eventually um, getting me to participate in his three-day Second Valley ukulele festivals, which he created, which were jam-packed with workshops and open mics and shows that he put together on different themes. And so through that, I was introduced to working with, in the beginning, uh, people playing ukulele bass so that was a slightly different sound to the uke and some people playing percussion and depending on the theme of the show we were allowed to introduce guitars trumpets uh, depending on the theme of the show so that started to introduce me to some other musicians who play different instruments so you, you said cabaret yes so because i listened to um some music you sent me and it very much is in the style of cabaret what you're doing now isn't it yes what i'm doing now is very much in the style of cabaret that is true because i've stumbled upon a source of inspiration my new muse of uh, music writing has been an american adventurer called emily hahn who lived in the 1920s and onwards and she lived in many countries around the world and she had a lot of adventures and she's provided a lot of songwriting scope for me, including sort of starting out in jazz bars in America through to her time in Shanghai and her time in Belgian Congo. So she's been a wonderful source of music. And I should sort of explain a little bit before that, that I started to write music through our open mics at our ukulele club. So they would, at the end of each open mic session announce a new theme for the next month and encourage people to sing songs along the theme of that theme nice idea. or also to write a song and some of the prompts were completely hilarious <laughs> but it provided a lot of low pressure just opportunity to just create something new so I started to write my own music due to these open mic sessions and um, I have an album coming out soon, which is actually all the songs that I wrote during my open mic ah, attempt. okay, nice. Attempts. So there's that. There's that body of work that's coming out. And what I've also been working on is a progression from a French music act, which I formed in 2017. Uh, I did spend some time in France, and I loved the music and the culture, And I started to write my own music and include a few French lyrics. And I also started to explore French music in general and find songs that I really like. And they tend to be songs that are a mix of French lyrics, but with other different kind of well beats. And it's, it's given me the opportunity to work with some amazing musicians to bring in different sounds. I'm currently working with a Cuban trumpeter, a Colombian percussionist, a wonderful mix of musicians and after I found that I'd run out of topics to write about after not participating in the open mics anymore I started to look for some kind of an aspect of a show that I could get my teeth into that would make sense in terms of the fact that I'm a Eurasian Australian who sings French songs I've got a Cuban trumpeter I've got a Colombian percussionist I've got some amazing jazz musicians that I play with 
I was I was searching for a story that would tie in all of these elements together. And I stumbled upon this. this uh, there's a novel called Shanghai Grand, which is around uh, Emily Han's time in Shanghai, where she's mixing with all kinds of amazing people at the time, like Charlie Chaplin, Punjabi princesses, millionaires, all kinds of high life and low life people in Shanghai at the time. She led a very colorful life. And I discovered that she started out in America. She hung out in jazz bars in Harlem. She then went to Belgian Congo, where it turned out that Cuban song was the most popular form of music at the time. So I thought, oh, bingo, there comes in my Cuban sound. Mm. And then she moved to, she spent some time in Japan, and then she ended up in Shanghai, where she had what she describes as her most colourful and interesting times in her life. So I've written some music around all of those aspects and there's there's more to come there's much more because this woman had a very full life so I won't give too much away but she's been a really colorful source of inspiration for me so it's interesting that because having said you know you you had your your crazy violin teacher yes a bit of training at school and then picking up a ukulele and then now you're writing songs yes and I find the songwriting quite difficult but has did it come easily to you I think because I started so quickly basically I joined the club and I think at the end of that night the first night they mentioned that they've got an open mic coming up and the next don't forget the next topic is this (laughs) and I think because I was so naive and so fresh to it all I just jumped right in probably if I'd been attending the club for two years and not tried to write a song I might have still never taken the first plunge (laughs) but because I was just probably a little bit drunk Probably the best way to do it. That's right. I thought, I'm going to try. How hard can it be? I don't think these people will make fun of me if I make a mistake. I think they'll just sit there very nicely and give me a bit of courage and and not worry about it. Which I'm sure is true. Yes. Yes. I think that's particular of the ukulele crowd. You know, they tend to be, ukulele clubs tend to be mostly filled with, with retirees who've lived, who've raised families, who have been humbled in life and who are just happy to get together to have company and to do something purely for pleasure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Yes. Well, do you have a song, one of your songs you've written you'd like to play for me? Sure. I have one that is called Nasty. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. 
nasty thoughts we meet to swap for thoughts of love like peaceful doves and handle each other with kid gloves Nous devons marcher ensemble quand la terre tremble Mauvaise pensée de ce semble Je suis ta femme tu es mon homme, c'est d'arrêter et de comprendre. Very nice. That's Thank lovely. You. And you've got a lovely singing voice there too. Oh, is, is that trained or is that just as it comes? Just as it comes. <laughs> <laughs> what inspired that one? Uh, it was an open mic and the the theme was, I think it was nasty. I think it was just no. nasty. So Yeah, well, yes. it absolutely fits the theme. That's it, yes. <laughs> and it was just, I think, you know, thinking back on tumultuous times in relationships and Witnessing some people having some serious fights over really what's just very silly, you know. <laughs> just, yeah. So just a reminder to just stay calm, and there's no need to say nasty things because they're just going to hurt. And just to watch your thoughts because when you think something bad, it comes out in your words, and that can hurt people, and it's not necessary. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And this song is a nice example too of, of how you don't have to do a whole lot of strumming to sound really good. It's, I like that nice paired back it's, it sounds fantastic oh thank you it's a very it's a very simple one in terms of ukulele playing that is true <laughs> yes <laughs> now I, I can just see your ukulele there what, what kind of ukulele do you uh, have i have a tiki and it is a mm, i'm not sure what size it is actually <laughs> it's been a long time since i bought it uh it does have a low g on it and i've got worth yep. brown strings on it <laughs> uh, i love the brown strings yes yeah. <laughs> yes so how many do you have? Is that your main one? Do you have That is multiples? my uh, – well, actually, uh, I do have a banjolele, which I love, which was ah, built for nice. me by my darling friend Mikey White. Um, and I play that on the beginning of one of my um, – If I Was a Man, that's the name of the song of my um, Shanghai Grand show. So you hear a bit of the banjolele at the beginning of that if you um, hear that song. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I've got a, another little uh, Carla, I think. That was the first one that my lovely neighbour Harry gave to me, and that's I think I've left that with the high G on it. So I've got one of one of each of those. You do need one of each. Yes. So that's very restrained of you. So three ukuleles. Uh, yes, but then there's the two. Yeah, that's three. That's true. And then, then two that I've bought for my daughter's. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. good. So they play yes. as well. Uh, well, you know, I bought them for them. Have I actually taught them? Oh. <laughs> we start. They're actually learning violin and cello and piano and between trying to get them to do those practices, which I'm paying for, you know, yes. lessons, uh, we tend not to have so much time left over to do the stuff that's just for fun. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so how old are your daughters? Uh, the last two, I have uh, four children, um, three daughters. The last two are 10 and... Nine. So, if you encourage them all to, to play 
instruments? Yes, I have. Um, my eldest daughter actually was more encouraged by her father, so he did get her wonderful lessons with a um, South American, American guitarist. So she's actually got a beautiful voice but refuses to play or sing in front of anybody. Oh, what a, what a worst. I know. So she's, <laughs> she's, yeah, she's got many talents and she's wonderful, but she won't, she will not do that. <laughs> anymore um and then my son max plays was playing drums and much to my dismay has decided to quit that but he's taking up the bass so that was that's okay as long as he plays bass that'll be cool well everyone needs a bass player they do we do that's what i'm hoping i was really hoping that he'd get to the stage where he could play a bossa nova beat on the drum kit and then i would allow him to quit because then i (laughs) with ukulele you really do need the bass i think just to yes bring it down Yeah. Yes, it's yeah, great. It's really important. And then the other two, yes, piano and one's doing violin and one's doing cello. So you've got the whole the whole band, haven't you? Well, I I could, you know, <laughs> they won't hate me for making them practice by the end of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of kids now they teach ukulele at school too, in primary school. Yes, yes, they do. They do. Yours didn't learn there? They did do a little bit, but they have expressed that they would like me to teach them some more because I think what they can get done with a big group of kids is is really quite a challenge. Yes, yes. (laughs) Just I don't know how anybody can get that many kids just to sit still or pay attention. So I highly admire school music teachers. (laughs) Oh, yes, that would be one hell of a job. (laughs) Yes, yes. So how have you been coping the last few months? I'm assuming most of your groups are not are not getting together. Yes, uh, it, that has been really sad. I did have a show right when COVID was starting to hit Australia and we, we still didn't have restrictions in Adelaide and I knew uh, bookings. I had some fantastic festival bookings and normally the still weekend is my busiest because I play French music. Mm, uh, so I was looking forward to, I think, last still weekend I had five or six shows so I was really looking forward to doing the same this year and there were some other festivals that had opened up that had asked me to perform which I was really looking forward to and I'd finally assembled my absolute dream team of musicians so I was really looking forward to doing many more gigs with them and anyway I, I just knew we had a show I think on March 15th and it was a really bittersweet show because I looked out at everybody in the audience and thought, I'm not going to see you for months, maybe at least a year. Yeah. This is really sad. <laughs> and, I, and I think the gravity of the situation hadn't sunk in for a lot of the people that were at the show. They were talking about, I'll see you next month. And I, I was thinking, mm, no, I don't so. think we will. <laughs> I think it's going to be a while. Yeah. yeah. And but things aren't yeah. too bad in Adelaide, I believe. No, in Adelaide we are extremely lucky compared to what's happening around the world, extremely lucky. We've still got to keep our distance when we meet and do things like that, but there have been no active cases for, I think, nearly two months. So yeah. it's been pretty much the same in Canberra. Yeah. Yes, we're very lucky. Just keep the Victorians out. I know, poor Victorians. <laughs> oh, I know. Yes, yeah, and they all said, everyone we said there was going to be the second wave and we didn't believe them, did we? Oh, look, well, it was inevitable. <laughs> it was inevitable because I really, I just think they needed to have shut down things even faster than they did in the beginning. Yeah. I don't I don't understand what the delay was. It was obviously, it was obvious that this is a big thing. So I guess, you know, government's trying to do what they can to protect the economy, but I just think health needs to come before the economy in this state because 
we'll have no economy if yeah. everybody's dying yeah, off. Right. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah. well, New Zealand got it right, that's for sure. They did. Yeah, Jacinta. <laughs> Go Jacinta. Yep. Jacinta yeah, Jacinta for awesome. world leader. <laughs> Yes. All right. Um, well, do you have another song for me? Yes. Now I have another song. Let me just get my sheet music. <laughs> and it's a song by Georges Brassens. Uh, Je me suis fait tout petit, which means I make myself small. Nice. And it's, it's, it's um, I'm not sure if there's any Georges Brassens fans out there or French speakers, but it has the most wonderful lyrics. He speaks about making himself tiny and changing himself from a wolf to having little milk teeth in front of this woman who's changed his life. (laughs) Um, And he goes on to say, though, that there came a time when another pretty girl came along and caught his eye, but his woman caught wind of it and beat her to death with an umbrella. So it's a very melodramatic song. But then he goes on to sort of change his tune and say, okay, so I'll make myself small in front of this lady who's like a doll who closes her eyes when she lies down to sleep uh, and who says, mama, when I try and touch her. So he's sort of insinuating that she's she's quite frigid. Uh, But after she's beaten his girlfriend to death, he decides that she's not so bad. Uh, you know, in her folded arms, I'll have my last moments. Whether you hang with this one or another, it all ends up the same way. So he's quite a. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a, a, it's a roller coaster song. of a song, isn't it? It is a roller coaster. <laughs> and he goes from saying, she's, you know, I make myself small in front of this woman who's like a goddess to, oh, uh, yeah, but then there's other pretty girls along. Oh, and then, okay, maybe she's a bit tougher than I thought she was. Okay, I'll just behave from now on. <laughs> Well, let's hear it. Okay. Je n'avais jamais ôté mon chapeau devant personne. Maintenant, j'ai rampé, j'ai fait le beau quand même le sonne. J'étais chien méchant, il m'a fait manger Dans sa ménorte J'avais des dents où je les échangeais Pour des quenotes J'en suis fait tout petit devant tout pays Qui ferme les yeux quand on la couche J'en suis fait tout petit devant tout pays Qui ferme C'est dur à rire, elle me convertit La fine de la mouche Et je suis tombée tout sur du rôti Contre sa bouche Qui a des dents de la quand elle sourit Quand elle chante Et des dents de lui quand elle est furie J'en suis fait tout devant vous pays qui ferme les yeux quand on la couche. J'en suis fait tout devant vous pays qui ferme mordre dans la douche. 
sous son empire Bien qu'elle soit jalouse de la Qui m'avait paru plus jolie qu'elle est, une jolie paix vengeance amoureux à coup d'ombre. J'en suis fait tout petit devant ton poupée qui ferme les yeux quand on la couche. Je me suis fait tout petit devant ton poupée qui ferme ma So nice. That's fantastic. <laughs> now, you're very confident in your French. So how long did you live in France? Uh, it was actually only a year. Wow. You sound like you, you, you know what you're doing. That well, <laughs> I, did, I did bring back a French husband with me. Oh, well, that's <laughs> and he did have he did have a string of French friends stay with us. <laughs> that would definitely make a difference. Yes, but that was a very long time ago. So, so it was quite a fun thing. Yeah, I did divorce that husband, so we were together for about two and a half years. Okay. And, uh, yes, that was – my daughter's now 22, so it was, yes, that long ago. And it wasn't until I moved to Adelaide and started playing music that I met up with some other French musicians oh, that I started to even speak to French again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Um, so tell me then, um, last question, I think. Yes. How has ukulele changed your life? Yes. It has been a wonderful escape from the more mundane aspects of life. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the housework has definitely dropped about 100 notches. <laughs> that's good. <clears throat> and um, it's given me back a sense of fun and something that's just for me. After raising four kids, you know, it's really been about what's best for them and, and, and those kinds of responsibilities that you have. Uh, it's, it's showed me that playing music can be just for fun. <clears throat> you don't have to be learning this instrument since you were three years old with an amazing teacher to create some nice sounds to sing along to. And it's given me the courage to have a go at playing other instruments that I've always wanted to play again. Ah. So I decided when my daughter started to learn violin and cello that I was going to practice along with them every session so I've been able to progress as they've done so. I heard about some djembe drumming sessions from my ukulele friends so I started to join some drumming circles and I've been taking some piano lessons so it's just given me a great start to understanding that learning doesn't have to finish just because you're older you can keep going it can keep finding things that inspire you 
It's given me a wonderful new creative outlet. I've always been involved in the arts or creative fields in some in some way. So this has become a wonderful musical outlet that I can do at home. Once the kids are asleep, I can create things. I can do things even if I don't have the same network of professional, you know, friends that I had in in Sydney. And it's given me the chance to have a voice and to, to express that in songwriting. And it's given me the chance to end up collaborating with some amazing musicians and to play at events that I would never have believed I would even be attending, let alone sort of starring at. And so basically, if you told me six years ago that in six years I'd been writing music and performing with amazing professional musicians, <laughs> I would not have believed you. So it's 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 provided a wonderful turn in my, turning point in my life. Well, that is a long list. <laughs> yes. Get a ukulele, everybody. It's fantastic. It will change your life. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for talking to me today. I've really Thank enjoyed you. it. Thank you, Marilyn. Thanks. Ukulele is a New Black is produced by me, Meredith Harper. I wrote the theme tune and I perform it with Jasmine Fellows, Jeff Skellums, Jim Croft, Paul Marsh, Chris Williams and Sandra Shaw. Seb Carrero does the graphic design. If you want more information about any of the things mentioned in today's podcast, there are links in the show notes, as well as a playlist with songs relating to today's episode on the Ukulele is the New Black YouTube channel. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and tell your friends. Episodes are released every second Monday, and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. I'll be back with another episode in two weeks. It's the new black